0: Hey everyone, it's James Baca and welcome to the Notorious Banker podcast. 27,000 plus amazing followers on social media, 20,000 plus at Notorious Banker on TikTok, 3,200 plus at Bank Better Guy on Twitter, 4,000 plus at Notorious Banker on Instagram. Of course, I'm the author of High Risk Transaction, the Ryan Coogler Bank of America incident, now available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback format. Guys, thank you so very much for your love and support. I really do appreciate it. Uh, We're recording at 9.13 a.m. on Wednesday, July 13th, and I'm raring to go. I've been up for four hours already. Have I become a senior citizen? I I mean, I don't know. I usually wake up before my alarm, before the sun comes up, and I'm usually ready to, you know, enjoy the world before 7 a.m. But today was an ulterior motive. You know, it's Amazon Prime Day. Of course, it's two days long now, and I was able to snag not one, but two 50-inch TVs for $99. Um. It it allows me to fully re reimagine, not remodel, reimagine, um, the guest bedrooms that we have in our house. And I got to tell you, it's gonna look really, really nice. And you know, a lot of the times people say, well, you know, how can you afford it, James? I know you're a small business owner. This notorious banker thing isn't making millions of dollars. But at the same time, I'm a coupon clipper. I look for deals. I plan things out. I was able to wake up at four forty-five in the morning to get ready for this deal. I have two Amazon Prime accounts, don't ask me why, and I pounced on it. I got two TVs, they'll be arriving next week, and my house will look very, very nice, considering I make very little money doing the Notorious Banker stuff. But we're going to talk about you know future success with yours truly going forward, um, but this podcast is going to be more along the lines of vigilante customer service and customer service strategy. Um, we're gonna keep it short and sweet today. But today's podcast is gonna be about Caroline, our friend Caroline, the um hairdresser, the makeup artist, who works with Impact Wrestling. Of course, she was um a victim of fraud. I hate saying scammed, and and the news story I'm gonna share mentions the word scammed several times, and I just don't like it. She was a victim of fraud. You know, seventeen thousand dollars taken out of her account. By no good nicks who were stealing that money via Zell. Of course, you know my relationship with Zell. It's a hate, hate relationship. And I'm actually exploring writing a book. I actually put 5,000 words to paper or a word file, I guess, a couple of days ago about some personal experiences that I had with Zell before I started doing this Notorious Banker thing. And after 5,000 words, I thought, well, shit, I can do a whole book on this just because. The stories are just so uber complicated. They're just so weird. Um, but we're going to talk about Caroline's story because she made it on the news. W-E-S-H in Orlando, Florida profiled her a couple of days ago. And it was very, very is important because, you know what, the only way that Zal is going to go away or, you know, reform is going to happen is if every television market has one of these stories. And sad to say, with my experiences as The Notorious Banker, Every television market has a couple of victims of fraud with Zell. So I'm really glad that this you know big media market, I don't know how many people is in Orlando I imagine it's over a million people in the metro area there who get that um, more than likely um, you know saw this you know piece and are gonna make a decision whether or not to screw around with Zell going forward. So we're gonna talk about that And then I um, I also want to talk about something that I did this week. little bit more clandestine i'm not going to be able to give you names i was auto playing something right there i apologize um i'm not gonna be able to give names but i will tell you that the notorious banker was able to help a customer with a bank of america issue to the tune of the biggest dollar amount of help that i've ever done um i believe he has signed the documents he's good to go he's got the keys we can talk about it now i'm not going to give names but i'm going to tell you what happened and how bank of america almost made this gentleman homeless because of a, a last-minute decision to, I don't we don't want to do the loan well, i'm going to talk about what happened what i tried to do i didn't do anything unethical or extraordinary i just pointed him in the right direction and i said hey this is what you have to do in order to be you know heard he got heard and he got his house So after this brief emotional consideration, I'm going to talk about both stories. So please stick around. All right, we're back with more Notorious Banker podcast. So just to follow up on our friend Caroline in Florida, who was the victim of fraud using Zelle to the tune of $17,000. I got to tell you, she's one of the more awesome people that I've helped in the three and a half years plus I've been doing the Notorious Banker I think the genuineness of her comes out in the conversations that I've had with her. And honestly, the support structure that she's had from a lot of the people that she's worked with. As I mentioned, she works for Impact Wrestling. She is um, a hairdresser, makeup artist. And, you know, I got to tell you, like, you know, the way that people talk about you, um, that you meet at work, outside of work, pretty much tells you what type of person you are. The fact of the matter is... um, you know she is beloved by a lot of them, her colleagues, so much so that you know a lot of these um, professional athletes, these pro wrestlers, um, shared her GoFundMe, shared her story on their social media pages, the ones that they use for the business, for the wrestling business, and that's something. You know, very rarely do um, wrestling superstars have a personal cause or a familial cause on their you know professionals uh, on their professional social media accounts. So the fact that Gail Kim, Jordan Grace, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, um, Eric Young, all of these amazing um, athletes shared Caroline's story was pretty telling, um, saying, hey, she must be a great person because if she was not a good person, they wouldn't give her the time of day and they wouldn't share their GoFundMe to their hundreds of thousands of followers. They're aware what happened. They know where her heart is. And unlike Bank of America, who questions almost everything that happens to clients, um, they know something bad happened and they want to help in any way that they can. She's raised a few thousand dollars, but it does not match the nearly seventeen thousand dollars that was stolen via evil Zell uh, from her account. And as I mentioned before, I I wish Zell would go away permanently. It is the worst thing that big banks have introduced in in a long time. It is a Nigerian print scam in a, in a banking app. It is a MoneyGram and Western Union fraud scam in a banking app. It's, it's horrible. And I, I just don't understand. And, and maybe I do understand, I guess, it's just a, why banks don't do anything about it. Because they say, hey, you have access to this thing. But then when something bad happens, oh, you know, it's not our problem. It's a third party and you agreed to terms, which means you um, waived your right to any of our help. Using this app, it's a clever ruse, and you know I don't know what the numbers are in terms of dollars lost due to fraud uh, with Zelle, but I, you know, just the ones that I interact with on Twitter, you know, it's probably in the tens of millions of dollars just in the last couple of years, just me interacting with people. So I venture to guess that it's probably ten figures. It's probably over a billion dollars at least. That's insane. That's not right. That shouldn't be. That's actual people's money, and you know, a lot of the times I always say, well, it affects you know the the working class, the poor people, a lot more than the rich people, because you know, rich people don't just zell twenty dollars for Starbucks to someone, you know, wealthy people don't do that. You know, I don't think it's the bank's goal to have wealthy people use Zell. That's my personal opinion. I know people do use it, but you know, the goal for the banks for Zell is. Hey, um, we don't want you standing in line to deposit ten dollars into your friend's account because you owed her for dinner and you had no way of transferring it on your phone. No, we're gonna show you how to do it on your phone. That way you don't stand in the line. That way we can actually help our customers open up new accounts rather than take your piddly ten dollar deposit with a bank teller that we had to pay twenty five dollars an hour. That's where I think it comes from. So of course, you know, Caroline's story was out there. She um she and I have been texting um for the better part of several days and then she mentioned that she wanted to talk to a reporter um that she knew in the Orlando area and her name is Annika Hope I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly it could be Annika I think it's Annika though Annika Hope of WESH in Orlando Florida NBC 2 affiliate um the funny thing is when i see the the graphics and the the little sounds that the news stories have behind you know the actual story itself Um, It reminded me of the ABC affiliate in Albuquerque, New Mexico, KOET Channel 7. And sure enough that this Orlando station is the sister station of that particular one in Albuquerque. So everything just looked familiar to me even though it was in Orlando and even though I'm not familiar with that area. Because these big conglomerates just like Bank of America, Wells Fargo and Chase own like 90% of the television stations in this country. So everything is very familiar to me as this thing plays again so i'm going to read verbatim what the news story says here and i'll interject my things as i talk about it it says castleberry florida thousands of dollars were drained from one castleberry woman's bank account but that woman said all along she thought her bank was calling her to help prevent problems it turned out she was never talking to a banker at all caroline van hastert said it all started a few weeks ago when bank of america called about some odd charges on her account Van Haster said they had issued you a new debit card and she said it was legitimate. Her phone rang just a few weeks later. Van Haster said it was from the same phone number for Bank of America. So the agent talks to me and says there is fraud going on between my savings account and Zelle, Van Haster said. Van Haster said they asked to verify transactions on Zelle and she didn't recognize them. He didn't ask for passwords, logins, or any of that. He says, okay, go to your Zelle. I clicked on Zelle. Do you see all those recipients yet? Do you know them? No, she said. She was reassured. They reversed the many transactions. After a few days, no money came back in. It was approximately sixteen to seventeen thousand dollars, she said. She said she never made any transfers and have no idea how they took the money. Ben Haster said she filed a police report, reached out to Zell, and called her real bank. She said she was told there wasn't much that can be done. So there's a couple of things I want to get to here that just really, really ticked me off. So you know, she had an issue with fraud already. Something happened to her account. Did it have a correlation with um, basically what happened a few weeks later with Zell? I don't know. I, I would say I would venture to guess say it's probably not likely. I think it was just an extreme coincidence. However, the fact of the matter is a precedent was set in the fact that she called and you know, discussed fraud with them. Um, Bank of America called her actually to discuss fraud that was going on in her account and she said, Hey, no, this wasn't me, this was actual fraud, and I said, Okay. A few weeks later, the same phone number calls. One would guess that if Bank of America's calling you that they're following up with fraud. And so she gets the call. It ends up being the the, the criminal, the crook that's gonna steal her money via Zell. They ask her some of the questions, and like I said, these people just sound so good on the phone, so professional. Um, Whenever Bank of America third party associates and call center somewhere answer the phone, honestly, I'll be frank with you, they do not sound professional. These um, crooks overdo it on the phone calls with people, and they sound so uber professional that you have no reason to believe that they're crooks. I have talked with one of these crooks before looking to have some old lady wire him $20,000. I was working at Bank of America at the time, and the lady said, yeah, this person says he works for you guys at Bank of America. And then I was like, hello? And the guy on the other end was like, hello, my name is so-and-so, and I'm calling on behalf of Bank of America. We just wanted to verify some information to complete the wire. And um, you don't talk like that when you're at Bank of America, and, and customers don't know that. But as an associate, you're trained to understand that there are certain cues that these customer service reps um will give you to let them know that hey you're a coworker of mine and there's an internal verification system that bank of america has that i won't get into because honestly as much as i despise them i want to make sure that that little element is protected from me blabbing about it but there's a way for them to kind of internally track if someone is actually trying to reach you that does work for bank of america well caroline didn't have that so she had to take it at face value that the official person on the phone was here to help her and was a follow-up to the fraud that she experienced a few weeks ago. So whenever the bank said that not much can be done, well, I would disagree because obviously something can be done if they called her a few weeks before and said, hey, you got some weird activity going on here. So a precedent was set, in my opinion, that Bank of America would in fact call her if something bad happened. So if a crook calls and says, hey, something bad happened, and the phone number says it's from Bank of America, spoofing phone numbers is as old as smartphones is, for God's sakes, why won't you take that at face value? She did, and she ended up getting scammed. Um, so Caroline says, quote, I am Greek. I have my pride, and I'm not going to beg for money. But I ended up having to just beg the lady on the phone and tell her, can I get some credit, just something? Let me figure out my month. Let me pay my rent. Let me buy dog food. Let me put gas in my car so I can go to work, Van Haster said. Um, WESH reached out to Zell. This is what Zell said, and here we go with this shit. It just pisses me off. <clears throat> We are working closely with our bank partner to look into this incident. In cases of unauthorized payments, we urge consumers to immediately report suspected unauthorized activity to their financial institution. We are continuously focused on helping people learn how to protect themselves from scammers and their methods and how to use Zelle in a safe way. It's like using prescription drugs in a safe way. Like I understand, yeah, they tell you, hey, don't take too many drugs because you might overdose, but the way that they talk about Zelle is like, yeah, and we understand that Zell is this loaded weapon and we don't want you to get killed with it. So this is what you do to protect yourself. Well, don't give me the weapon if I don't want it. Don't give me the weapon if I don't want it. And this shit is just word salad. We are working closely with our bank partner to look into this incident. Are they really? Are are they? Do they really have someone calling and saying, hey, this is going on? They fucking know what's going on. That's the thing that just pisses me off about it. And it says, in cases of unauthorized payments, we urge consumers to immediately report suspected unauthorized activity. She did. She fucking did. I don't, I, I really don't know what else to say to that. They're, they're basically saying what she did. Well, in cases of unauthorized payments, we urge to report it. Well, she did and you're not helping her. So why the fuck even do it at that point? Like what what sense does it make to say that? Because you're basically calling her stupid when she did exactly what you would do in an instance of fraud. Is you let the bank know, hey, something bad is happening. Help, help, help. And that spokesperson for Zell said that word salad bullshit. It's stupid. Bank of America said that they also plan to follow up with Van Haster, And this is what a Bank of America spokesperson said. Oh, I wonder who it was. <clears throat> we can't share information about an individual account, but we are following up directly with our client. It's unfortunate when people fall for scams like this and send money to scammers posing as legitimate business. They're posing as Bank of America. Yeah, I understand that's a legitimate business barely. And I hate the I hate the word scammers. A scam to me is, "Hey, you know what? If you invest 50,000 with me, we're going to put it in this fund and we're going to build, you know, low-cost housing for senior citizens and the rent that they're going to pay us, we're going to make our money back in 3 years." and they give that person the money and they run away and they never build shit that's a scam people calling pretending to be bank of america and getting you to do things is not a scam because there's no implied something good is going to happen if you if you do this and that no they're pretending to protect you that's a crime that's a that's fraud that's theft it's wire fraud computer fraud it's telephone fraud it's every kind of fraud you can think of federal prison period We alert customers during the transaction if they are sending money to a new recipient that they should only send to people they know and trust and never transfer money as a result of an unexpected call or text. We also periodically reach out to clients, I'm already laughing, with information on how to stay safe and avoid scams. Once again, it's not a scam. And post information on our website alerting people to scams. Okay, yes, they do post on the ATMs when you go take money out or put money in. They always say, avoid being scammed, avoid being whatever, and here's some tips, and then go to this QR code and get more information. Yes, Bank of America puts it out there. However, they know this shit's going on. It's been going on for years. It's been going on since I worked there that Zal just has some flaws. It has some flaws when one person sends money to another person that they know because that's why when Zal first came out it said, you can send money in seconds to someone, little fucking asterisk by that seconds. And then the asterisk definition on the bottom says, In some cases, it could take three to five business days. Now think about that. Seconds or three to five business days. How many seconds are are in an hour? Hey Google, how many seconds are in an hour? One hour is 3,600 seconds. I don't know if you hear that, but Google told me 3,600 seconds. That's a lot of seconds. You multiply that by 24 hours three to five business days. You're talking tens of thousands of seconds. So it's either seconds or tens of thousands of seconds. So, you know, that, that whole, Hey, here's, here's a benefit statement for Zell five years ago was already kind of kiboshed at that point saying, Hey, you can send it in seconds. Now nah, it's going it to take three to five days. Send it to, I remember it used to be send it to friends and family implying that you shouldn't even send it to a third party. Even if you're, you know, buying a burrito from their you know food truck or whatever they didn't even want that at that point and then it went from friends and family to people you know and trust well i don't trust the food truck person as much as the next person how do i know they're good cooks how do i know they're not going to give me listeria or salmonella or something you don't know know and trust is a very vague term i know and trust my mom and dad they raised me i'm alive at almost 40 years old Because of the way my mom and dad nurtured me. Do I trust them? No. (laughs) They, you know, sometimes didn't pay the bills. Our house got foreclosed. Um, My mom's Camaro got repoed whenever I was a kid. Maybe she shouldn't have had a Camaro. Um, But what I'm saying is no one trust is very, very strong terminology. Because as much as I love and trust my wife, you know, the whole thing is whenever there's a betrayal, whenever there's a divorce, Whenever there's a falling out in the family or whatever, it's that, that breach of trust. I can know and trust anyone, but if someone breaches that trust, that doesn't necessarily make it fraud. But at the same time, if someone's stealing money from me and I don't know who they are and I think it's the bank, I don't have that relationship where I should know and trust them. A fraud happened to me, a crime happened to me. So you put all these extra words in it, Bank of America spokesperson. Once again, I wonder who you are. And it's frustrating as shit. It's frustrating as shit because you're telling people that it's their fault for making sure that they don't send money to people they know and trust. Well, they're calling as the bank. Supposedly, they trust you to to say, hey, this is how I'm going to help you not let this happen. And it happens to her. And then the bank goes, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't trust that person. it it, it, horrible analogy but it's like you know sexual assault victims of the 80s 90s and 2000s different time i was a teenager 20 years ago i was i grew up in the american pie culture and you know watching the four american pie movies now as much as i love them because it reminds me of my teenage and early adult years those movies are misogynistic as shit and i just can't stand the the slut shaming the the way that people talk to women But to get to my horrible analogy here, whenever you see someone who's a victim of an assault or something back in the day, they're like, well, look how she dresses. Look what she she wears too much makeup. Like, what do you expect? What do you expect guys to do at that point? That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Like, you know, you you put someone in a position to say, hey, our accounts are safe, but be careful for this thing to happen. And the only reason that this thing happened is we installed the app, which allows it to happen. I've always said, if you want to use Zelle, that's fine. Why is it have to be integrated in the banking app? Why can't Zelle for bank customers? I know this is a conversation I can have forever and ever. Zelle does have an app, but they'll tell you that if you bank with a Bank of America, Chase, whatever, to use the bank's app in order to move the money around. If the bank truly says that Zelle is a third party, why do you have to have that integration within the banking app? Why can't you just have it separately? That way. At that point you know it's the customer's consent that they want to do that and i know that's not going to curtail all the fraud but it can curtail some and then of course my idea and this is something that i want to write a book about a hard opt-out for zell there's a hard opt-out for overdraft protection at bank of america and Wells fargo a piece of paper that you have to sign that has to be scanned and faxed in to some records retention department that says i don't want overdraft protection." They keep good records for that if you talk to an older person and says hey we have this thing called zal you can send money to your grandkids you just have to send it to their email address and it's really easy just navigate the mobile app whatever they're going to fucking scare the the lot of <laughs> older people in your area because a lot of people don't believe in that yes there are some 80 90 year olds that do online banking i've seen them myself but the majority of them don't want to fuck with it and, and that's okay so if you talk to them said would you like to have this access to send money to your friends and family? And you can even kind of lead the witness at that point if you're a banker and, and try to make it more personable. That way you can get them to enroll in it. If they say no, have them sign a piece of paper saying, I opt out of use of any Zelle, attach it with the signature card or any you know other documents for account opening or maintenance, fax that son of a bitch in. If someone tries to call and says, Hello, Mrs. Gertrude whatever, my name is Joe and I'm calling from Bank of America. We understand um, there's some fraud going on with Zelle and we'd like you to just clarify that you're not using Zelle and we're going to show you how to fix this and they're trying to scam her. She goes to her online banking app and hits Zelle and it says you're not authorized to use Zelle. Please go to your nearest financial center or call 1-800-whatever to verbally authorize you opting back into Zelle. That's going to stop hundreds of millions of dollars of fraud instantly. And in a weird way, I'm just going to say it, you know, th- this is kind of the logic that people who want to legalize marijuana say. They like, say, oh, yeah, legalize it, and you could tax the hell out of it, and you can make a lot of money for the state. Why do people who smoke weed all of a sudden become fucking tax experts, and they just say, oh, yeah, just tax us a lot. Just take more of our money, please. That way you can fund the schools. No one gives a shit. That's their little lazy Way of trying to break bread with you, to try to settle with you, to get what they want. So if it prevents fraud, and you know Bank of America doesn't end up settling with the Carolines of the world and other people of the world because the fraud doesn't happen, and those things total, you know, let's just say a hundred million dollars at B of A, or you know, two hundred million dollars at Wells Fargo with zell scams or whatever, just throwing fake numbers out there. But let's just say that. Well let me break bread with you and just kind of make a compromise if you do this little piece of paper to opt people out who want nothing to do with your piece of shit third party quote unquote company called zell um you'll you'll make money you'll actually you'll actually have more net profit at that point because that's that's going to be um, a controllable loss that you can fix you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we have to pay back our customers $300 million because of all this fraud claims that we had to settle or whatever. Well, if they don't have to pay those claims to people because they didn't happened, then that's technically more profit in their pocket. And as much as I don't want to give banks more money at the same time, it's just a win-win situation. Because if Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, all these banks want to focus on sales and sales alone and don't want to deal with the service aspect of it, And, you know, I always tell people, like, I was a banker, I was a salesperson, but at the same time, I didn't have the the capability of just focusing on sales. I had to do the service stuff in my little town, too, because there wasn't a million employees, so I had to do the grunt work, and that was fine. If you really, truly want to focus on sales, then you should be 100% for my little idea here, because it's going to thin out, you know, those service requests, because, what Caroline did, what other people do, is they go to the branch and say, help me. And the branch people know that they can't help that person. So it wastes their time, the customer's time. It wastes the banker's time. And if you just, all you do is put them on the phone, it wastes the person on the phone's time. If Caroline never used Zelle, never wanted to use Zelle, and all of a sudden she has a hard opt-out of her, uh, on her online banking for Zelle, this never happens. It, it never happens in a million years. So... Like I said, the horrible analogy of some, you know, stoner somewhere saying, yeah, legalize weed and then we'll pay 20% more on top of it. I mean, shut up. You just, (laughs) you don't really want that. You just want to, you want to negotiate. Everyone's pawn stars. Everyone's a barter at this point. That's just, it's just stupid. But I, but I'm just saying that Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, all these big banks, if you really want to curtail fraud with Zell, if you legitimately want to do that, have this option. Because at that point, the people who aren't going to use Zelle are never going to be in your hair because they're never going to be victims of Zelle, especially for people who get their phone numbers or email addresses squatted on by people who use Zelle to steal money. You're not going to have those things. I was trying to set up a second Amazon Prime account last night, and I tried to use my cell phone number, the same cell number I've had for 20 years. And it said, you can use this Zelle number, but if you, the cell, I said Zelle number, (laughs) you could use this cell phone number. Um, but if you use a cell phone number, any account that has that cell phone number will be permanently blocked. I'm like, oh shit, I don't want that. So I had to create like a temporary phone number. There's some websites where you can create a temporary phone number to get these verification codes. You create the Amazon account, you delete that phone number so no one can steal your shit. And then at that point, at that point, you can remove the phone number and just keep an email address on there. That's what I did to get my little $99 TV. It's kind of against the rules for Amazon, but I also wasn't stealing identities. I was using my credit cards and two different accounts to make a purchase that Amazon allowed me to, to buy for $99 plus tax. So I did two of them and no one's the wiser. If Amazon wants to charge me $14.99 for the Amazon Prime that I just created, I'll I'll say, okay, I'll pay for one month of it because I'm still you know saving several hundred dollars on this TV anyway. So you got to think of it that way. Think of it as a compromise, big banks. Because the Carolines of the world are going to continue to get screwed over and you're not going to want to help them. And then more horrible stories like this are going to come out. So the spokesperson also added that scammers often spoof phone numbers and that Bank of America alerts people to double-check their transactions when they send money to someone new. Well, if you fucking double-check the transactions and you find it's fraud and they're not going to help you anyway, what the fuck's the point? I know I'm swearing a lot in this, but like, why do they say double check your transaction? For what? So I can call you and you not help me? Is that basically what you're telling me? Like, how stupid is that? And then the spokesperson says, scammers often spoof on it. Well, yeah. But at the same time, Bank of America called her. So it's implied that 1-800-432-1000 is a number that may call you if, son of a bitch, you're a Bank of America customer. She was... So why, is, why does that factor in a decision to not help her? And she already had fraud. So you should already been on high alert for her at that point in time. You should have a red flag. You should have some sort of system. I know they don't have this at Bank of America because I was there. But let's say someone was a victim of fraud like that. Put a red flag on there and says anything over $100, you fucking call them and say, hey, did you do this? If you do that or you just clamp down the account, you lock the account if something like that happens after fraud happens i i don't i don't know what to say man i mean they have ways of stopping it they really do but they just don't want to do it because they figure it's like restricting the flow of of you know day-to-day business and it's not caroline wasn't using zelle she was a victim of fraud though victim of a crime and she became an even bigger victim of a crime when someone alleged to be bank of america who helped her and they hit the same cues that the person who helped her before hit so if we all know that these things are happening why won't you find something to protect these poor people Van Haster said she wants to be made whole again but if all the money is lost she has at least at least has a lesson to share to help others to not have to go with it. she has i'm not the first i'm not the last and i'm not going to stop talking about it zell said they are continually focused on helping people learn how to protect themselves from scammers and how to use zell in the safe way yeah because zell is a gun right um bank of, bank of america told us a real agent would not ask a customer to transfer funds between the in order to prevent fraud or ever request sensitive account information well they know how it happens and yes they won't tell you that but the training is not for the fucking customers okay and and, and you know bank of america is not going to tell you that a real agent would never do this well i don't know what a real agent does because i don't have a training that says these are the things you have to say whenever you're an agent you, you don't know so the customer doesn't know I can tell you, like, honestly, during the account opening process at Bank of America, I used to tell people, I was like, it's 32 steps to open a bank account for us bankers here, but I promise you the 32 just just breeze by, and I said, you know, if I'm conversing with you, understand that I'm still working, waiting for things to load up or whatever. I used to tell people that, because they used to get in trouble for talking too much at the bank, and um, whenever I would converse, it was just trying to make the, the interaction just seem quicker it was all strategic, you know what I mean. So I told, I always told him, you know, it was like you know, thirty plus steps. And if I told him that step seventeen was to pick my nose and to wipe it on my leg, I mean, yeah, they're gonna be like, well, that's weird. That doesn't sound right. But they don't know because they don't, they don't have my policy and procedure guide. They don't have my guide that doesn't say step seventeen, pick your nose and wipe it on your pant leg. They don't know that. So you can't assume that you know they're idiots for believing that they don't know they don't work there if they worked there before then maybe they know that hey you're not supposed to pick your nose but whenever bank of america says well you know a real person wouldn't tell you this well i don't fucking know that's why i'm a victim of a crime that's why i was duped because it sounded pretty goddamn right on to me it actually sounded more official than a lot of people at those call centers anyway i gotta give it up to to caroline she's awesome you know we talked a couple days ago You know, I'm not necessarily influencing what she wants to do next. All I can tell you is Big Bangs. she has a lot of high-powered friends. I'll just say it that way. Um, There's a possibility of a very prominent uh, radio interview that's going to be happening. I can't get into further details. But there's that. There's possibly more news reports, follow-ups. She's not going to let it go. And and I, I respect people like that. I always tell people when I got fired from Bank of America four years ago that I'm never going to forget how it happened because it happened in such a stupid way that I felt like that they disrespected me in such a way that I, I'm going to just take it out on their ass until the day I die. And, I'm, and, I, and I intend on doing that. And it's not petty of me. They're petty for doing it the way that they did. And, and, and Caroline speaking up, speaking out. If if she has an extra ten to fifteen minutes in her day for the rest of her life to say, hey, don't bank at Bank of America because not only was I a victim of a crime, they blamed me for the crime. I mean, you you got to understand that for some people, and maybe it's you know uh, an ethnic thing. Maybe someone who's Greek like she is, someone who's Mexican American like I am. You know, someone who comes from from the the you know the theoretic you know a rough neighborhood, the poor side of town, not a lot of money growing up, coming from another country, another state, you know, coming from, you know, low income housing like I did growing up, you learn, you know, just, Hey, like I had a, I had a hard life to get here and I'm not going to let anyone take it from me, but I'm also going to acknowledge whenever someone does me wrong, because I don't want to go back to where I was in life and you're not going to take me there with you. Um, because you choose not to help me, or you choose to be who you are. And Bank of America is choosing to be unhelpful at this point, and Caroline's not going to forget it. She's going to do more interviews. She's going to talk to her reporter friend. They're going to keep on it. And I and I know, I feel this in my heart of hearts. I think she'll get her money back. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I know that the work ethic that she's going to put in, she's going to make it such to where Bank of America is going to say, you know what, fuck it. Give her the money. And honestly, $17,000 is about 18 seconds worth of being Bank of America. Caroline's worth more than 18 seconds, man. She's worth 18 hours. She's an awesome person. And I wish her the best. I'll continue to follow up on this as um, breaking news warrants with this. But after this brief consideration, I'm going to talk briefly about something I did um, this past week out of nowhere. And it was successful. And I got to tell you, it was one of the more rewarding things I've done. Can't speak on it in great detail yet, but I'm just going to give you some numbers. I'm going to give you what happened and how I fixed it. Please stick around. All right, I'm back with more Notorious Banker podcast. So $260,000 plus. You know, I've helped people get a $12 monthly maintenance fee back from Bank of America. I've had people, you know, get $15 in rig D fees from Wells Fargo. I've helped people get $300 in monthly maintenance fees that were incorrectly added onto to their account by big banks because they were oversold into a premium, premium account whenever they didn't have premium amounts of money and premium relationships with the bank. I've been a part of that as a salesperson. I know how easy it is to oversell people. I rarely did it. Maybe a few times I went a little crazy, but you know what? You get your ass in check and you want to do the right thing by your customers. I told them how to fix it. I got back a couple hundred bucks here or there. I've had people get a $4 fee refunded all the way up to tens of thousands of dollars in fraud, Zell fraud, or what have you. I have done three houses. Three people have their forever homes as a result of, of me working hard to not let them go through the experiences I went through in 2016 at B of A. Remember, I've told you many times in this podcast, I do want to write about it in a book, and I've told you on Twitter that I was made homeless for a week while working as a manager at Bank of America because the home loan that I was trying to get through Bank of America, the Bank of America pushed me to get because I worked there, all of a sudden they decided, yeah, yeah, we're not going to do it. I had already given up my condo. We already got a, a moving truck to move all of our shit. We already packaged all of our shit. We already disconnected the gas and water at our condo. And they said, yeah, we're not going to do the loan. Sorry. And... I slept on the floor for a week, and then I woke up. I put on a suit, and I went to Bank of America. I was like, hey, how would you like Bank of America to help you get into your first house? Yeah, that was my fake voice. Um, I've had it happen to me, and it's not fun. It is the worst feeling in the world, seeing my wife cry, seeing myself stress out, threatening to quit, threatening to go to the media, which is probably one of the reasons I got fired, to be quite frank with you, a couple years later. You know, berating them at every opportunity, spending hours upon hours of work time dealing with the stresses that I didn't have a place to live because of Bank of America. I got it done though, and honestly, my homelessness in 2016 led to the birth of vigilante customer service, customer service strategy. And last week, out of nowhere, I get a DM and this person tells me, hey, I was at my lawyer's office to sign my closing documents at a certain time, and Bank of America and the notary didn't show up. So I called an hour later, and they said, yeah, we, um, we have some questions about some HOA reserves um, on the house, and we're not going to be able to do the loan, I'm sorry. And literally, they left this dude at the altar, at his lawyer's office, ready to sign his closing documents you sign the closing documents get the fucking key you move in put all your shit in there you take one big leak in your main bathroom you have you know pizza hut on the floor and then you go wow this is all mine and then you start moving shit in you start unpacking stuff and then it becomes your house bank of america said yeah we're, we're not gonna do that we're not gonna do that we're not gonna help you with that This guy reached out to me and said, hey, um, what happens when they say this? What can I do? This is ridiculous. What's going on? So like I said, without getting into too much detail because I don't want to break confidences nor do I want them to impact this gentleman, I told him, I said, hey, you know, it's funny because whenever they say that, they're typically looking to work on someone else's loan, to strategize, to close a bigger loan because they may lose it and they don't care if they lose you. A lot of times people get um, sales credit on the application and not the actual closing of the loan. I used to do that all the time. I used to be the king of the home equity application. I used to get one every single day, which helped my sales goals. And a lot of times, underwriting totally just killed the deal. And it wasn't my fault for... I did my job in offering it, but underwriting never did their job in actually helping these fucking people. So the underwriters, the mortgage loan people, who was conveniently on vacation for this gentleman, by the way... So yeah, I'm going to be away from my computer for the next week, week or two. So, um, you know, he, he had an out-of-office reply. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that's what my mortgage officer said during home loan closing. So I, without a doubt, believe that whenever they say that they're on vacation, that's their way of kind of just cutting ties with you. That way your loan can get denied and they don't have to feel guilty. You know, it's like hey we don't want this dog anymore so instead of shooting it dead let's just go to the freaking woods and just set it free in the woods and then it's every dog for themselves at that point but i didn't kill it if the dog eats something poisonous or gets killed by another animal well that's god's will at that point but i didn't kill it i really think that's what mortgage loan officers do especially at b of a when they say oh yeah i'm gonna be on a vacation for the next week i can't tell you how many fucking times i heard that for my customers, for myself, for this person, and for other people over the years who ran into issues with their home loans. I really think it's a lack of accountability, in my personal opinion. So without getting too much into my vigilante customer service secrets, I strategically told him what he should do, what he should say. And I said, you need to do this right now. And I said, you need to trust me. He, he DM'd me. I never met him he wasn't even a friend on social media so i always take those things kind of with a grain of salt but the specificity of their problems tell me that this is really happening i never asked for sensitive information i never asked for anything beyond hey where do you live and the reason why is because you want to lean on the people that are in your area because especially in b of a and wells fargo the home loan people you talk to are not in your area in Bank of America's Tampa, Florida, Plano, Texas, Chandler, Arizona, uh, the worst person in the world lives in Chandler, Arizona, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Jacksonville, I believe, and Wells Fargo, Des Moines, Iowa is a big place, you know, so these people are not next door, these people are not your neighbors trying to get you into a home to be part of the neighborhood association, no, these people are sales people who look for the biggest and best deals that can be done the most efficiently. So, you know, there's this whole disconnect with the centralized way um, big banks do home loans that, you know, lack of accountability is very easy to achieve whenever you don't want to help someone. So I told this person, this is what you have to do to get help. And I said, you need to be persistent. I know it sounds like you're bugging, but you need to email them saying, hey, I need someone to look at this. Hey, it's been 12 hours. You said you, you write me back in two hours. What's going on? What's the status of this? And then bank managers had to make a decision. It's like, do I want this guy emailing me till the end of time? Or do we help him get him what he wants? There's really nothing inherently wrong with this person's loan. It's just, I understand why we didn't want to do it, but green light it. And then we can end up selling the mortgage to another bank at that point. Win, win, win. Okay, let's do it. I complained and complained to get my home loan to the fact that Bank of America finally closed the home loan. I got the keys. I begged my branch managers, like, can I leave a two so I could start moving my shit in? Because I was like, it doesn't feel real. So I lost f- 13 to 15 pounds that day because I was sweating so much. It was 106 degrees and I had no air conditioning. Moving boxes into the house, putting stuff down, making it seem like I lived there for, for weeks at that point because I just wanted it to feel real. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. So I've been there and done that. So to get to closing, to sign the documents, to get the keys and to be able to call that house your own is a task that was not going to be done by this particular person that it helped. However, with the help of yours truly, some strategic um, customer interactions, I guess, if you will. There's no lies. There's no fibbing. This is real people with real situations and I'm showing people how to hit a nerve Um, in the banking system and this person did through a lot of hard work a couple of days ago I'm in the grocery store at nine o'clock at night which is near midnight in the east coast and I get the loans approved I close on this day and me and my wife who I tell my wife everything I don't tell her any sensitive information of course but I I told her I was like hey this happened and this loan closed we high-fived each other because she knows what we went through She knows what other people have went through when I worked at B of A, and she knows what other people have went through as I've been the notorious banker, so she knows what a big thing this is. This person closed the loan, $260,000 plus. I'm not going to name the area that it's in because if Bank of America is listening, then guess what? I don't want them to fuck with this person. They're a legitimate business owner, you know, preferred customer in my opinion. Someone that you should want to bank at your bank. But they totally alienated this person from ever wanting to do that because of what they did. But the notorious banker did it again with Vigilante Customer Service. I showed this person how to fight back, how to how to use words to make sure that they are heard inside this bank. With 67 million customers, 204,000 employees, 4,000 branches, and a lot of people who just do not give a shit. This person got hurt and they got helped. So add another $260,000 home loan to the total to my Vigilante customer service, and you're talking about $3.4 million in monies, home loans, fees, overdrafts, Reg D fees, fraud claims, all these things that the bank just refused to help customers with. I helped them get it back. And if that's my legacy, if I never make another penny working in the financial industry again, fine. If I had to pick up fucking cans for the rest of my life, fine. Fine. If I had to donate plasma for the rest of my life, fine. If I had to work at Sonic Drive-In and flip burgers the way that my dad did for a good chunk of his adult life, fine. Come home, you know, from work smelling like french fries and grease, fine. My parents grew up like that every single day. I grew up with my parents like that every single day. There's no shame in working hard, working an honest living. There's not. Banking is not an honest living because there are people... And I was talking to the phlebotomist at the Plasma Donation Center here. I was like, there's bankers that, that just feel like they're playing Nintendo or some role-playing game. That they just hit a couple of buns, they make a couple of decisions. And they don't realize what the effect is on the other characters in their little world by doing these actions. They don't realize that saying no to someone can lead to not, them not having a house. To them getting into domestics. To them committing a crime or killing themselves even you know like there's shit like that that's happened i have lost a couple of customers to suicide based on the fact that they were dealing with bank bullshit not my bank but other banks bullshit and it sucks it's not fun but whenever you give people the empowerment to say hey you know what i trust james he seems like he knows what he's talking about and someone randomly comes up to me and says hey you know what i need help do you know how i can get help I showed this person that I never talked to before until Wednesday, last Wednesday, and within two days, this person got their home loan back after it was a 0% shot that they were going to get it. That's powerful shit. And I made a $25 a month Patreon contributor out of this person. It's it's amazing. $300 a year is going to be, you know, contributed to my project because this person knows that I'm going to help others and I'm going to work just as hard for them as well patreon.com slash notorious banker for anyone who believes in me who wants to contribute at least one dollar you know that money goes into my bank account you know what i do i pay the electric bill i pay the internet bill i pay the phone bill i pay the things that allow me to work as hard as i do for you i'm not spending this money on prime day (laughs) i spend my own money on prime day i'm not spending it to go to vegas to go booze it up the way that i used to in my early 30s no i don't do that anymore i don't have drinking habits i I, i'm a big dude but i don't overeat i don't eat out a lot i don't do drugs i don't smoke my money goes to bills my money goes to expenses and my money goes to help you so patreon.com slash notorious banker the notorious banker all one word at venmo the notorious banker all one word on cash app no zell fuck zell here the first segment going to wrap it up here, guys, but to the person who I helped with the 260000 home loan, it was my pleasure to help you. Thank you for being a Patreon contributor, and congratulations on your home. It means a lot to be able to make a difference, and I really hope that you pay that forward. And if there's a situation where you can make a difference in someone's life with relatively little work, do it. You don't realize the fortunes you can change just with the little elbow grease from someone who didn't expect it from you. Last Wednesday, I didn't know this person who reached out to me and contacted me. Now I made a friend for life because I helped them get the one thing that seemed impossible a week ago, a roof over their heads. My name is James Baca, known professionally as The Notorious Banker. You can find all my links at thenotoriousbanker.com. You can find me on Twitter at BankBetterGuy, at NotoriousBanker on TikTok, at NotoriousBanker on Instagram the notorious banker at gmail.com is my email address if you have any questions concerns or if you need any assistance try to keep it general no personal information i don't want to know the personal information because i don't need it i can tell you how to help how to get help based on your scenario alone 575-322-4127 is the voicemail line p.o box 14214 las cruces new mexico 88013 is my p.o box if you want to send some cash money in an envelope I'll, I'll be happy about that if you want to send um hate mail that you know thank you for listening feel free to do that too but i will report you to the cops <laughs> my name is james baca again also known as the notorious banker thank you so very much for listening it's 10 12 in the morning as i close out this podcast and i'm already done for the day what the hell am i going to do with my day oh i'm going to imagine where to put my amazon prime tvs i guess I'm going to continue to work hard for people and if I sound a little bland in my voice well you know what I've been up for like six hours already because I'm getting a little older I'll be back with another podcast uh, really soon or as breaking news warrants until we meet again friends my name is James Baca the Notorious Banker signing off you have a great day